Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to Be The Change, a podcast of conversations with true visionaries who are creating new paradigms for a healthier planet and society. I am your host, Christine Demick, and my work is in finding real solutions to the biggest problems we face today, climate crisis, capitalism, social injustices, and our failing health. There are amazing humans out there that have answers, and it is my mission to have their voices heard. Together, we can raise consciousness and create a just and equal society. Together, we can be the change. What do you do when life reroutes your path? Instead of taking a right, it turns the wheel hard to the left. Your car crashes, literally and figuratively. My next guest says, you turn that no into a yes. Certified life and health coach and motivational speaker, Jill Hollander, has had more than enough experience in the nose. From the loss of a parent at 15, the diagnosis of heart failure at 16, heart surgery at 18, and chemotherapy in her 30s, no matter how many times she faced an obstacle, Jill never let her situation define or stop her from finding a way to say yes. Today, Jill shares with us some of her tools and strategies to help us find our yes and be the change in our own personal challenges. Welcome, Jill. I'm just thrilled to have you on Be The Change today. Yes, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. You know, I'm excited to learn how I can turn my nose to a yes today. And I've had a few no's already this morning. But first, I would love for you to share what brought you to this path. You know, you have had more obstacles before you turned 21 than most have had in a lifetime. And I'm just wondering, did you immediately see the yeses right away? What got you to this place? It was a combination. So from birth, I was born with a no, being born with a congenital heart defect. And through that, my parents were wonderful models of how to prioritize my health without allowing to stop or define me. And it also gave me the strength and the courage to define myself as healthy, even if that wasn't the case. So early on, it kind of started with that self-view as healthy and my parents supporting that. That as well as my inner fighting spirit that I think was just brought on at birth, being born with such a traumatic situation and knowing that I had this inner fight and I was going to make it and it's with me every single day, that inner fight. And there's different ways that I connect to it as well as one of my routine doctor's appointments when I was nine years old, he asked to speak to my parents outside the office. And I thought, this is about me. I'm going to be there too. And I started speaking up for myself and being my own advocate in that moment. And my parents fully supported that and encouraged me because that's what I needed. And those tools and strategies developed early with my self-view as healthy, being internally connected with my fight and being an own advocate helped me to then deal with other things come and to find ways to say yes. So those are the foundational. And then I found other strategies as I went through the nose to keep saying yes, to shift my mindset to hope, cope, and deal, to be realistic, optimistic, and proactive. All strategies that I use that are part of my pillars. So it's kind of an integration of both. That's incredible. One thing I'd like to add is that as you were saying this, at nine, you were able to advocate for yourself and you knew it was about you and to stand up. And 
I had a friend several days ago, we were discussing his son, who's now his daughter, at the age of two, declared that she Mm -hmm. was female, right? She's transgender. And she's now six. But that voice was so strong. And you had that. You had that at nine. It did. And I love how parents are listening now and how people, it's so much more spoken about and also encouraged to listen to what your child is saying, to let them lead. That's really much more really like evidenced as well as discussed than it was when I was younger. So I just love that. And it's coming up in so many different forms and it really empowers the child from a very young age. And I think it's a great strategy and a way to build that self-confidence from a young age and to know that they know themselves. Correct. And you know, I wish I had spoken to you years ago. My son's 14. In the age of preschool, he went to a preschool and he was bullied and he had a voice and he was very vocal. So because of that, because he wasn't what you would say is meek, he was seen as, I guess, a participant in it when he wasn't the instigator, but he was, you know, voicing it and I didn't listen to him. And as many parents do, you know, I encouraged him. I did, but I said, oh, you can get through this. You can, I didn't know how bad it was until it was bad. And then I listened to him and now I'm not going to make that mistake twice. So fortunately for you, you had wonderful parents in this. Yeah. And that must've been a, a great support. Yes, it definitely was. And, and that strong fighting spirit just kept coming through. And there was really, I think that it was just very clear that that's what I needed and that's what they needed to do to support me. Sure. We'll go back to that time, if it's okay with you, to when your father did pass at 15 and he passed from cancer. And in your bio, and I was reading, you know, I don't want people to think like, you know, Jill's able to turn, you know, completely make everything well, which is a lot of things that people are like, oh, you can heal yourself completely. And, you know, that's just not the case. You've had cancer. I've had cancer. You know, we are healed, but it is a journey. It's not that we're doing something wrong. And I guess your father did pass, you know, he did not survive the cancer and you had so wanted him to. How did you turn that no into a yes? What was the yes from that? And I love that you brought up that point that we don't go from a very strong no, right to yes, right to healing. That's just not accurate. That's not true. And it's not fair for anyone to expect that of themselves or to really share that out in the world because that is not at all the experience, at least that I had. For me personally, and everyone has their own journey, but I personally had to feel the nose, to let myself feel the sadness, feel the anger, feel all the really gut-wrenching emotions that I was experiencing from losing my dad he was my person. He was my ally. He was my friend. He was my everything. He was the parent that I most connected with. My mom and I have a wonderful relationship and we're so connected, but sometimes you just have that with a parent or any person where you just get each other. And that's what my dad had. And losing that at any age is traumatic and especially at a young age. So I personally, I had to feel it. And that's become part of what I do in experiencing and getting to my yes is feeling the no's truly and wholeheartedly. And then know that it's a process. It's going to wax and wane, come and go. And I know as you're processing, you know, you've recently lost your mother like that. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not like you feel it one time and it's gone. It comes back and forth over and over again in different ways and iterations. Yes, it does. Thank you for clarifying that. So from that experience, as you and I have discussed before earlier, you know, from mine, from my mother's passing, 
it certainly doesn't bring her back. But from that experience, I was able to become a Tibetan uh, sound bowl healer, which is something that I never thought I would do and has been an incredible experience for me spiritually. What was that yes from that process of your father passing? Did it bring on strength? Because then you certainly, as you mentioned, your person was gone and then you faced a whole barrage of immediate things thereafter. I did. I got hit with a string of no's, which that happens sometimes for us, right? It's like, it's not just one, it's one after another. Sometimes they come in a series and it almost feels like you're under siege. I know that's what it felt like for me for that period of time. My dad passed away. And then three months later, I was diagnosed with a virus that attacks the lining of the heart. And within a few weeks of that, I was also diagnosed with needing, having rhythm issues that meant I needed a pacemaker and I couldn't get it until the medication to treat the virus was fully out of my system. So there was a lot going on and so much to process all at one time. For me, where it really rooted this, yes, was that summer. It was summertime for me. And I am someone that went to camp every year. I went to sleepaway camp and I just loved it. Every year I had my group of friends. I was set to go. And this year it was not happening the way I had expected, the way I had anticipated, the way I had desired. And so first it was, it was just being pushed back and pushed back. Cause I usually go the first month, which was when I was being treated for the virus. So that was not happening. And that was my goal to go to camp. That was my yes. That's what I, in my mind, as I was crying and screaming and feeling it all, which I did many times. The one time that I really know was when I was in the hospital to treat the rhythm. Cause I knew I was finally safe. So I could allow myself to feel, I started crying and just crying, maybe screaming too, but really crying. And I thought to myself, I'm going to make this fight worth it. I'm going to make going through all this worth it. And for me, that was finding my yes. And it could change at different ages and stages. And at that time, for me, my big yes was going to camp. And I had small yeses along the way, which were staying in touch with all of my friends, not isolating myself, having them come visit me in the hospital. But we had food parties. We had bagel parties and pizza parties and everything we could think of. The hospital was great. They let us go to a separate room and let me be with my friends. So we found a way. So there were small yeses to be connected with friends and family. And then also the big yes was getting to camp, which got derailed many times. So on your way to yes, you may still get the bumps in the roads and the nose, even relating to that. Even though I had all the other nose, I was still getting nose about that because I needed the doctor to approve. And then once the doctor approved, the camp had to approve and the camp said yes. And then the camp said no. You know, it can be topsy-turvy in getting there, but that goal and knowing that you have an inner fighting spirit that can help you to propel forward and finding that for you, it was the bulls. For me at that time, it was camp that would keep you going and keep you fighting and keep you saying, yes, I want to live. Yes, I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm going to show up no matter what. And that's what all it is all about, finding what that is for you that makes you say, yes, I will. And yes, I can. So it's that fight. It's finding that will. Is that will, right? Yes. It's like finding what actually propels your will. Like your will is there, but what's going to really get it going? How are you going to get, almost put it in, activate it? Amazing. I mean, sure. I have a friend whose daughter is diagnosed with type 1. And for anyone who doesn't know that, that's the type of diabetes that it's genetic. It's not the food related. So she has lived a her very young life with, you know, she has an implant on her arm to monitor her blood sugar and to take insulin. And she wanted to go to camp. 
camp was it, you know, and that was like a normalcy for her. And my friend finally was able to find a camp, I think via JDRF. And she went and it was an incredible experience. And then, of course, was around others who also were going through and had that kind of camaraderie. So it could be just those little things. It's the hope, right? It's the hope that that yes brings. That you know, it activates the will. It brings hope. It helps you to find ways to cope to get to that point where it keeps you going. Basically, it gives you a direction. It gives you a goal. It gives you a focus. And it keeps you going in the direction that you desire to go to. I got it. So now have you always... This has been your life pattern, right? It seems like you were born with this, that this was your gift to share with all of us. How did this alchemize into what you do today? I mean, today you're a life and health coach and also a motivational speaker. How did you do that, Jill? It was a journey. Just like many things in life, I started my career as a speech-language pathologist, which I still work as. And through that, I really saw how much I loved helping children to find their voice, to be their own self-advocate and to express themselves. But I knew there was something more. And I also knew that there was just wasn't quite fully there yet. And so it, I was intrigued. And also for me, I'm someone that when there's too many things not going right or feel off in my life, it could be in any area. It could be health. It could be career relationships, whatever it is. When there's more than one, that's when I really step back and say, well, What's going on here? How can I make it feel better? And it's one of those times things just felt a little off. And I started thinking like, I always ask myself, how do I really want to live? What do I really want to be doing? And who do I really want to be around? And I encourage everyone to ask themselves this because I think it really helps you determine your next step. And that's what it did for me. Asking myself, how do I really want to live? What do I really want to be doing? Who do I really want to be around? Who do I really want to serve? Help me to decide that I want to expand and to add life coaching. And so I became a certified health coach first, then a certified life coach. And that was a huge process. And I did a, the initial, and then I did a mastermind and I learned and I grew and I learned so much about also wanting to share my story more on a stage using my story integrated with the principles to help people to know that they can overcome their challenges too. So it was a journey that was really started from knowing that I wasn't living my full purpose. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to serve people in the best way and the highest way I could because receiving a heart transplant, someone else in their darkest moments thought about me, a complete stranger and saved my life. Now I want to use that gift. I want to propel it forward. I want to do everything I can and serve in the best way I can. And that's my journey every single day. That's an excellent point that made me think. I think when anyone is faced with a a life-threatening disease, illness, you know, whatever, that you have that moment. I certainly did when I had cancer. And I think you could go either way. Mm -hmm. You could really go off the, you know, and go into the darkness, or you can step to the light. And I chose that as well. I saw, you know, I knew I had a path in front of me, but I said, I can do this. And once I get to the other side, I'm going to help others, right? That was the focus. How do you help someone who, though, is going to go the other side and is just like, oh, you know, I can't believe this has happened to me and this, and I don't think I can do it? Absolutely. And that's really what I do. I help people redefine how they respond to their challenges because I have seen people get stuck in it and get deterred. And I've worked with people through nose for like 13 years now. I've worked with children with autism and the families. And I've just seen when you really are realistic, optimistic, and proactive, which I call active acceptance, doesn't mean you have to be fully okay with it, but it's that you acknowledge it and you live your life 
naming, claiming, and dealing with it, it makes such a difference. So what I do is I will speak to people with where they are. You have to meet someone at that moment where they are at that time and see what is going on for them and take baby steps from that point. I've talked to people about that were stewing in that dark time, right? I can't get out of the bed. I don't want to do anything. You know, the nurse and doctors are telling me I have to sit up. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I want to be here. I don't want to be where I am right now. So what I've done in those moments, I say, okay, we are here. And I say, you can even write it down. And you want to get there. What do you need to do to get there? That's where you can motivate yourself. Those are the baby steps. You know where you are and you know that you don't want to be there. You want to be somewhere else. So how can we help to get you to that other place? And I think that's where I begin with where they are. That was what that person had given me that day. So I went off of that. So it's really so individualized depending upon where the person is, meeting them in their journey, seeing if we're fit, how best I can help them through that dark period of no and where they can begin. And that's why I love having principles of shifting your mindset, self-advocacy, finding, owning, using your voice, hoping, coping, and dealing, realistic, optimistic, proactive, and creating a support team, all to live empowered and inspired through all the ups, downs, and twists and turns. And what I like about these principles is we can focus on them in the way that is right for you. And it's all the ways that you could say yes to yourself, yes to your journey, yes to finding your will, your fight, your grit to keep going. And that's where I help people and that having these pillars can help them where they are. Sometimes you have to start with the mindset. Sometimes you have to start, they have to find their voice and it gives a framework to where you can begin, especially when you're starting in the very dark, no place. What are those pillars again? Can you share with us? Yes, absolutely. I call it the yes-filled mindset and that's shifting how you think, feel, and act. And self-advocacy, finding, owning, and using your voice. Hoping, coping, and dealing. Problem solving, which I think I didn't add before, which is helping you create, find creative solutions to make those no's closer to a yes. Finding a support team and being realistic, optimistic, and proactive. Amazing. Now... We've been talking about some very serious and life-altering changes, but what about the day-to-day? So thank God if we don't have like things, although it has felt like that the past couple of years of these obstacles, these huge obstacles coming our way, but little ones. So let's say I'm going to give an example. So today I've become a Tibetan sound bowl practitioner mm-hmm. and uh, amongst other things in the podcast and stuff, but I really want to find a home a place where I can play the bowls and have people come regularly and and have that in my life. And I've reached out to probably five places now and they've all been no's. We'll see in a little bit. And so today I was like, I woke up and, you know, and, and I got another one like, oh, wait, not right now. Do I keep going? I've been like, I was like, okay, so I believe like, you know, when the timing's right, the timing's right. And, you know, it's all in divine timing. But then I also believe that sometimes if the door doesn't open, it might not be yours. What would you tell me, Jill? Yes, I love that question. And I also have gotten those life moments where you're so directed, you know where you want to go and it doesn't seem like life is opening that door or maybe not yet. And I feel that it can be a combination But what I've been practicing myself is on being rather than doing, which is a process for me and letting life speak to me more. So right now, 
maybe that modality in which you're hoping to do it is not the yes at this time. Doesn't mean that it totally can't happen. It might be that it's like almost you're maybe left of center. So you just need to kind of, I like to give myself time if I'm being gentle with myself and really think about where I am. And then as I start to, which is part of the yes filled mindset to reframe it, to think of how I can look at this more optimistically. What is this teaching me or what is this showing me? It might not teach you anything right away or you might not be able to see it yet, but what is this showing me? What does this mean right now? And it could be, it's not the right time. And really check in with yourself. Like, am I pushing myself or is this coming from an authentic place where I'm really aligned and ready? Because it may just be that the universe is saying, I'm doing you a favor because you're not quite there yet. You have something internal to address. You have something physical to address, whatever it may be. So as you give yourself time to be, you can start to reframe it and look at it from a different perspective. And then you could start to see some options that you might have not seen initially. So I would say, give yourself some time, sit with it and take the time just not to reach out. Let's see what happens. You put that energy out into the world and you never know what might come back. It might be something not what you had planned, but an interesting opportunity. And I think that to really see what that is and really feel into it and think about it. I almost feel like when we're doing, doing, there's something I got to do as well, (laughs) do or be, is that when we see ourselves trying and doing and trying and doing and nothing's coming, sometimes we just have to release yeah, and see what comes. How does that sit with you or resonate at all. I love that. And I love, love, like practice being instead of doing. And as a Virgo, (laughs) someone, you know, who really has like, I've done a lot and I love doing, I do. Someone said, you know, you got to relax. And it's like, well, that's me though. I love helping others. I love doing, I love being in that. And the difficult parts for me are when I'm not. And so maybe as you said, I need to just sit on being. And really finding that balance. And that's been kind of this year, hasn't it? Right. On all of us learning, you know, everything with the environment to ourselves, finding balance, right? Absolutely. That balance and like the yin and yang of being and doing. And I know I'm right there with you because I I naturally can do, do, do. And being does not come natural to me. It's the edge I'm working currently. So I hear you, but I think it's completely in alignment that this question came up, I think, because it is exactly what I do in my life. And then hearing it from somebody else, it's like, okay, it's taking a moment and seeing, because when we're pushing so hard, it's almost like we're trying to control what is happening that we don't allow that flow. We're not allowing that universal alignment or whatever it is you believe in to come through, to help you, to guide you, because you're trying to to control it so much, or you're trying to lead so much that sometimes you just have to release and yes. I know I have that as well. So yeah, right there with you all. Right. To not force it. And when the universe says just be, and then it's like, okay. And so I'm just going to be, and then I go and it's like, oh, well, I've got this pot cooking over there. Maybe I can turn the heat up a little bit on it. Right. <laughs> like, you know, no, just be. So thank you. You helped me so much right there. There's been a lot of interesting articles. I'd love to get your, your thoughts on this. There's articles yes. and classes right now on our neural pathways and essentially that from birth that we kind of hardwire ourselves to respond a certain way. So when things come up and it's like, you know, usually it's a negative response and then the brain just complies and we just keep doing the exact same thing and having the same response Mm -hmm. over and over. Have you looked into that? Do you believe in that and like changing that so we can find that? Yes. Mm -hmm. If we're so always used to being a, a no. 
can't speak to the neural pathways. I, I yeah. do not know about that. I'm not informed in that way. What I will say is what I have personally done, have worked with people on is breaking patterns. And I think that when we break our patterns, we can shift our behavior. We can shift how we think, feel, and act. And it really, there's different ways to slice an onion, right? So I think that the way that I look at it is through shifting our patterns, looking at what our patterns are, kind of like what you were saying in the sense of what are we doing is number one, and is it serving us? And we have to be really honest about that. So it's, what am I currently doing? And is it working for me? And if it's a no, then you could say, how may I be able to do it differently? Or why is it not serving me? Because it's something that used to work that's no longer, it's like an outdated model. So we need to shift the model. Things need to change. There are things that used to work. There are ways of, in my own life, and the clients that I work with that used to work for them. And it stopped working because it's almost a lot of times I find like they don't need that anymore. What they used to need, I'm working with a client that put everyone else before herself, right? Which many people can relate to, right? Many of us go, 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 especially the moms out there, caregivers, you're going, you're doing for everybody else. And then you get to a point either in your life or you just can't do it that way anymore. And you look back and you could see why you did it that way, how it served you and how it's no longer working for you. Those set of circumstances, whether it be that your children don't need you in the same way anymore, they've gone on to college, that is no longer the way you need to go. So how can you do it differently? And how can doing it differently serve you even more? Because now you get to say yes to you and find out what you really need. So I think that this idea, just one example, but this idea of looking at Like I said, I can't speak to the neuro-linguistic, but as much as shifting patterns and seeing what is serving us and what isn't and how we can get support in changing that if it's not. Yes. And finding that support, which you're a great support. And I'd like to talk a little bit about what it looks like when someone works with you and, and what they can expect. Yes. Absolutely. So currently I'm doing um, individual coaching and that looks like we usually do a three month model. And a lot of times I do a um, complimentary, is this a yes session to see a half hour phone call to see if we're a match. And in that, we'll see where you are, what you're dealing with, what may be helpful. And a lot of times we'll start with one of the pillars and we work on that for usually three months. And what I've been doing that works really well is that after the three months, we have an opportunity to extend if we're a match and if it's going well. And often then we switch to a different angle, a different pillar, whatever it may be. And that can help to keep you going on a good path and knowing that you are moving forward, you are making progress. It's like building blocks. So that's something that has been really effective and I've really been enjoying working in that way with people. And I love the three months for right now, especially with the world changing so often that I think committing much more can be overwhelming depending where we are at. So this is a model that's been working really well. I've also uh, do small dyads, usually like one or two people. And I really love doing that. just finding the right fit. So that's something that I'm also open to if you're someone that prefers working in a group or want to feel you know, connected in that way, since we've all been, you know, had our own time of feeling maybe more alone or feeling we had to be more isolated for health reasons. So that's something I also do as well. Also, as well as my speaking, and I always have the updated events that I will be doing on my website, which is jillhollander.com. You can find it there. So those are the different ways to work with me currently. And down the line, I may have a program coming out, but currently I do individual and group coaching as well as speaking events. 
Great. Until so you can work directly with Jill until she has her book, which I yes. encourage you to write. <laughs> Are you writing yes. a book? Because I, I see a book the- in your future. Thank you for acknowledging that and reminding me. Yes, I have a book that I'm currently working on the book proposal. It's very exciting. I'm working with Michelle Fredson, who's an amazing book coach who's been helping me get this together. So yes, I'm in the process. So that will be coming in the future. So stay tuned. And for all who are listening that are interested in my individual coaching or talking about a dyad, there will be a reduced rate when you let me know that you found me from this podcast. So I just wanted to share that as well. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Just mention that you listen to Jill and Be The Change and you can get a discount, which is fantastic. We all want discounts now, right? Absolutely. Jill, you know, you've had so many challenges that no one would blame you, you of all people, for feeling sorry for yourself, right? Or even just overwhelmed and depressed and not getting out of bed, right? But yet you keep saying yes and helping others to say yes. So I wonder when you get up in the morning and I ask everyone this question who's been on the show, what keeps you being the change and giving that energy and not changing direction? What keeps me going is what has always kept me going, my internal fight, my internal desire, my internal passion, my love for life. I love navigating life. I love helping other people to navigate life and to know that we can live as fully as possible no matter what. So I think this love of life and a good challenge. I am someone that enjoys a good challenge. So I think that also that internal fight keeps me going through the challenges because it helps me to say no matter what, yes, I can. Yes, I will. And I also talk about feeling the nose. I think it's important to let yourself feel. And I have a whole process when things get really hard. When I was first told I was going to need a heart transplant, I went in the room for three days and I'm not recommending this. This was my process and I developed it with a therapist. So if you need to create a process in how to experience your nose, I suggest working with a therapist or a coach because it's all very individualized. But for me, feeling it, really feeling it, went in the room for three days. I felt it. And what happens for me is I get personally sick of the negative self-talk. I let myself feel it. I do all the poor me, all the feelings. Why me? How could this happen? Will I die? Oh my God. How am I going to do this? This isn't fair. All the feelings and more and screaming, crying, yelling. I allow myself to fully feel it. And also from doing that, I start to be like, okay, Like my internal tape is like negative Nancy, it's time to go. And that's something that really works for me. So I encourage all of you to find support in helping you to navigate your nose because that can help you to develop your process that works for you so you can come back each time and say, yes, I can. And yes, I will. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's I have to wonder if it's hardwired in people or maybe you've seen it. Maybe you have seen people actually change you know, for me, it was like, okay, here it is. I'm going to go through it. And anyone who's had an illness out there or has gone through it knows. And, you know, the other day I had to get an MRI with contrast and it was nothing as I sat across a young woman, uh, the age of 11, maybe who was diagnosed with brain cancer and who had gone through chemotherapy and was having her scan to see if she was clear. And the daily medical things that people like, you know, have friends who are like, yeah, you go to the doctor a lot. Like it's a thing that, you, you know, you have to like constantly check, right? I suppose you don't. I mean, you could take that, but I don't recommend that. But then there's some people who go through it and are you able to change them who do go through it and 
are just constantly putting off the doctors or negative about it, that can change. You can find that positivity. You think we all have it, Jill? I think we can all connect to it in some way. I think what you're saying that some of us are naturally directed towards being able to think more optimistically, more naturally, or speak up for ourselves or any of these traits more ease. Yes. Like anything else, right? Some things come easier than it does to others, but I think we see it in school, right? It just depends. What I really say is, are you ready? When someone is ready, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So I'm not knocking down doors, looking for people that are not interested in changing, that aren't ready, that aren't available. So the people that come to me are ready. They want the change. They desire something different and they're ready to go. And that's how I know a lot of times that we're the right fit because I am very direct. I'm very loving, but I'm going to hold you accountable. So we need to be ready for this journey. And that's why there's different people out there because there's not one pot for every cover. You know, everyone needs to find their own. So I'm someone that works with people that are ready to do the work. And they might not know how, right? Which is where, how I help them, but they know that they want to, they know that they're willing and they know they're committed. So I think it's also like, you know, this question, I, I really like it because no, you can't go and find the person that is totally in denial, completely unwilling, and just not there yet. And that there's no judgment there. We can all be there at different times, but someone that is there is not someone that would necessarily be calling me or be a good fit for me to work with because the energies are not, they're totally in out of sync. So yes, I do think though, that if you are interested, if you are willing, if you are ready and you're, you want to put in the work, you want to be held accountable. I think that everyone has the ability to change. I've changed a ton through the years, as I'm sure you have, when you commit to it and you desire to do it. And what I will say, the discomfort of doing it the same as you always have, and this also goes with patterns, outweighs the change. I talk about this like risk benefit. Like you're so uncomfortable with how you are that you're willing to do whatever it takes to make the change. And that's usually, you know, sometimes that's your indication, right? Like, all right, I've had enough of this denial. It feels so uncomfortable to me. I can't sit in this anymore. I need help. Excellent point. Yes. And I already feel like, (laughs) I mean, it's such an inspiration to speak with you because I feel like you're talking to all of us, but you're also talking to me and I hear it. And it's, you know, because there's fear, Jill, there's fear. And any of us with an illness... A disease have have that fear, and then I think then there's still a lot of fear now. People who don't even like with COVID, I see people who don't even have it. You know, fear of the vaccine, fear of walking outside. It's just like it's manifesting in wild ways, and yes. and so many of us just like, how do I process this and get through I, it? You know, so much right now. We are really in the thick of a lot, and I know like. I sometimes think back to when I was first transplanted because that was a process. That was a journey. That was adjusting to a new normal for me or a new now. What's interesting now, it's collective. So we're all processing in our own individual ways and it's coming out. It's messy. Processing is messy. The first few years of change and transformation and a new normal are messy. And I feel like being gentle with ourselves, but also expecting it because I think so much in this time, and I've done this so many times, like after procedure, whatever, I want to be okay and better and ready to go, go, go right away. And I'll push myself, but we really need to be gentle and give ourselves time and know that we are processing. It's a journey. It is hard. And the fear is 
real. Like I will tell you, I've danced with fear so much and I, I will look at the fear and say, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it. It's not going to stop me. It's not going to define me. I'm going to go. I'm going to look for the yes. I'm going to keep going. But that is also that inner fight, right? Like I was at before that what you want can propel you to connect with that fight, connect with that will and say, I can do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to start to just showing up, just showing up and taking the first, I always baby step through the fears. I can't tell you how many times talk about fear, like where I've had a procedure or, or a test or whatever. And they'll come in the room for like just a regular, a lot of times it's usually when I just had my fill and they'll come in for like one more test. And I will say, if I don't have a lot of the reason why I need it, or if I don't feel like I'm prepared, I'll say, Nope, I'm not doing it. Nope. And they like start to leave. And I was like, why are you leaving? They're like, well, you told me no. It's like, Oh, I turn around really quick. So like, I will feel that no. Right. And hard. I'll speak with conviction and be very clear. And then I'll almost like I speak to myself, right? Like I'll take a deep breath and I'll say, I know I need to do this. It's almost like that risk benefit. Like I need to know this. It might be scary, but I need to know. I mean, talk about taking a deep breath and how much our breath can ground us and guide us. When I was got the call when I was 18 years old that I needed a heart was available. So I got on the list when I was around 18. The process had been started when I was like, I started talking about it like a, probably like 16 and a half, 17. But when I really was impatient waiting. I was 18 years old and I got the call and the doctor said, you know, they have a heart. And I go, talk about fear. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then I took a breath and I go, I'm scared, but I'm ready. And that's how fear operates, right? It can stop you in your tracks. It can even stop you from something that's going to save your life in such an extreme situation. Right. And that grounding myself and taking a breath was a life-saving choice that I made, but the fear was present. The fear was a driving force that I needed to stop it in its tracks. I needed to center myself and to breathe in and say, I'm scared, but I'm ready. Yes. And not confusing that. I've confused that fear so many times with not being ready. Mm. And that is a dance. I love how you described it as I've danced with fear so many times. It brought me to tears that Yes, I understand that. And trying to figure out like if you are ready or if you're just scared or what, you know, how to tell the difference. Is there anything for you that really, I mean, you're able to, as you said, you've danced with fear so many times. You're probably like you said, I'm terrified, but I am ready. Yes. And I act through the terror. I act through the fear. Yeah. It depends what your situation is, but sometimes you're in an emergency situation and you just have to act and think and process later. So I walk with it. I dance with it. I move with it. I let it be there. And I act anyway. That's what I've gotten used to doing. And when I'm acting, I'm not necessarily processing. I just am go mode. And then later on, I can process. And that's what collectively right now, we're all probably in a dance of beginning to process. And that's why there's so much murkiness because it's messy when we process. It's a lot. And also... All of it, right, is a lot. And all of it can be messy, but different stages and phases have their own level of walking through the the dirt, right? Really going deep, but if you need to, but it's really, it's allowing, for me, at least, it's allowing the fear in and saying, you're going to be here, but you're not going to steer the ship. I'm steering the ship. I get to decide and you can come along because it's unrealistic for me to think that you're not going to be here. I'm going through something really scary. 
to try to get you to go fully away. And I think that's the thing. When we try to fight fear too much and suppress it, it only comes back like twofold. So I think just saying like, okay, here you are. I see you in the room, but you're not going to take over the whole space. I'm in charge. And it's the same thing when we speak up for ourselves, same thing when we decide to find our yes. It's the same thing when we decide how we're going to redefine how we say yes to challenges, how we rise up because we're in charge. We get to decide. The power is in us. We get to choose how we respond to everything. And what's so beautiful is we could choose and choose again. Yes. And it's beautifully said. So many people have said, I've had friends say, you feel the fear, go straight to whatever that is. And I've had people say, you feel the fear, then it's not right. And then give yourself, it should feel just completely comfortable. And neither is completely true. But what I do know is that fear is always along for the ride. Anything different, even if it's something like, you know, you're going to go stand up and speak in front of 5,000 people, fear is still going to be right next door to you. (laughs) We're standing right yes. there, like, hey, here I am. <laughs> Absolutely. And do you walk off and do you say, oh, I suddenly feel sick, or do you go on and do it? And that's where it comes to us. The choice is us. The choice is in us. And it shows up in many different ways, right? Even when you're calling now to reach out about finding a space with your singing bowls, like fear can be there in big and small ways. Our no's can be there in big and small ways. Our yeses can be there in big and small ways. It's just a matter of where we are in our journey and what we need at that time and how we can learn, right? Because a lot of it is, is just how we need to learn and what we need to learn when. And we all have different lessons. Like mine have been strong no's. That doesn't mean that's everyone's journey. We all have our no's, whatever they are. And whatever you're feeling is valid. Those are your no's. You deserve to feel that whatever they are, and to find your own yes, whatever that is for you, because we are all in our individual journeys and knowing that fear can manifest differently for different people, as well as how we respond to it and how we act and when we act. And it is all exactly where you need and what you need at the time, because we're all here to learn and grow and develop and we can rise up to our challenges again and again. Yeah. Well... I can't think of having anyone better by my side than you, Jill, on helping me get through it all and finding my yes. Please tell us again. I know you mentioned your website, but I'd like for you to say where we can find you, how we work with you. Where are you on Instagram? Please go ahead. Give us the whole... Absolutely. My website is jillhollander.com and I will have all my events posted there as well as you can sign up for my newsletter there. I am on... Facebook, as well as Instagram. Instagram, I'm on a lot. I'm both. I'm at I am Jill Hollander. I'm also on LinkedIn. So you can find me there as well. And you can work with me individually, as well as a small group setting, as well as coming to any of my events that will be listed on my website. And again, for any of the coaching, please let me know that you found me from this podcast, be the change and you will get a reduced rate. Wonderful. And that's Jill, J-I-L-L, Hollander, H-O-L-L-A-N-D-E-R? Yes. Great. Well, Jill, thank you so much. And thank you for being the change. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and are inspired. We grow with supporters and listeners like you. So please share this podcast with your community and follow us on Instagram at bethechange.nyc. And to learn more about our guests and what you can do to be the change, go to our website at www.bethechange.nyc. That's bethechange.nyc. Thank you and be well.